Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. I'm proud of you fellas. You all kept your head on a swivel, and that's what you gotta do when you find yourself in a vicious cockfight. No, no, it's not excessive. Listen, lady, the burden of proof is on the state, on the state. You have got to prove to me beyond a reasonable doubt whether or not this man is a pisser. Aren't your doubts unreasonable? No, it's not unreasonable. Look, we're talking about a justice system that had 500 people whose cases were overturned by DNA evidence. I seen a tape where five cops beat up a nigga, and it's, they said that they had a reasonable doubt. I got my doubts, too, all right? How come they never found Big and Tupac's murder, but they arrest OJ the next day? Nicole Simpson can't rap? I want justice! <laughs> Welcome back to the Zero to 100 podcast. This is episode 12. Once again, I am William Walker Jr. And so I hope you guys enjoyed my first uh, intro. (laughs) It's probably going to change as I continue to do this. Um, You know, it's funny because there's so many things that I love. There's so many things that I'm passionate about when it comes to sports it comes to movies, it comes to politics. I just felt like um, I wanted to throw a little mix in there from, uh, you know, one, you can't go wrong kickstarting your show with an Anchorman clip. That movie is so quotable and there's so many great scenes in it. But I just love the the whole, the, that scene after the first fight, like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Because that's how we do on the 0 to 100. Sometimes it starts off low and then it, Boom, excellent, it uh, escalates quickly. So I thought that was a good way to open it. And plus I just kind of wanted to drop some some stuff in there from things that I have uh, had in the previous episodes where it's, you know, Duke's buzzer beater or 
um, talking about the Cowboys, which is like one of an instant highlight moment for me now, which is third and 13, Dak Prescott, take it off, getting that first down to seal the playoff victory versus Seattle. So anyway, the episode today is going to be a movie review. I'm once again joined by my two brothers, Corey and Ricky, and we're going to be giving our movie review of John Wick. And um, <laughs> this was a super fun episode. It's always fun talking to my brothers, period. And John, the John Wick movies have been absolutely fantastic. Um, so we had really good fun discussing that movie and then uh, John Wick 3 Parabellum and where it ranks in the John Wick trilogy. And um, as you will see, as the conversation goes, even when that is over, we had some fun talking about some other uh, movies and stuff at the very end. And then getting we got off subject, but I'll fit it in there because it was good conversation. It was fun to talk about. And we already probably have uh, something down for what our next episode is going to be. Um, at the end of this episode, I'm going to once again have our political spotlight. Uh, we've already done Joe Biden to go through some of his pros and cons. Um, Bernie Sanders went through some of those pros and cons. And uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris at the very end. Um, very interesting. I learned a lot when I was reading up on her and even following some of her ideas and what she wants to do very very informative and again as always i want you guys to do the research yourself as well awesome news this podcast is getting more and more available on more and more platforms um you know once i signed up with anchor so you can now hear it on anchor you can also hear it on soundcloud spotify google play store breaker radio public and it's available for Apple Podcasts. So you can now get it on Apple. I am super, super stoked. I'm super, super happy, super, super pumped. That's why I've been trying to get it on from the jump. It's now on there. So please subscribe, 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 and share, share, share. You can also still get it on my blog, 0TO100 dot blogspot.com and um i'm always going to share it you can follow me on twitter at wcw poet um my brother ricky gave me a really cool idea because i was listening to his podcast which is f living rich and dying broke i highly recommend it please subscribe to that as well and um he had an email uh set up for his podcast i think i must do that for this one as well because I know some people text me and some people call me. Some people hit me up on Facebook. But I think I'm going to set up an email address so people can email me some questions they have or some subjects that they may want to talk about. There is a lot going on in the news. So episodes are... I'm probably going to end up getting like maybe one to like... uh, Definitely one episode per week. But I might be able to get two because there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. I mean, I actually even want to talk about the NBA Finals that's going on right now between the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. Um, crazy stuff going on in this country in regards to abortion laws in states like Alabama, Georgia, and Missouri. So we definitely want to talk about that. Um, and just the Robert Mueller speaking about his report and interesting stuff about that 
Um, so yeah, definitely gonna have some other episodes coming on. But this episode today, episode twelve, this is the twelfth episode of the Zero to One Hundred podcast, and um, it is a John Wick movie review. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the Zero to One Hundred podcast, episode twelve. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. This is a zero to one hundred podcast. This is episode twelve. I'm joined by my brothers, Corey and Ricky, and in this episode, we're going to be doing our review of John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. So, uh, to get started, I think we'll go through what's our overall grade for the movie. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, overall, I'd probably give it a... Uh, hmm. I think I give it a B plus, maybe an A minus, but I think that's it was good. It was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. That's yeah. I'll leave it there. It, it's got a high like I have high expectations now whenever I watch them, so that's kind of why I gave it a B plus or so. Okay, Corey. Yeah, I was trying to decide. I'm like, is it an A or A plus? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say A. Um, yeah, like it was really exciting. Uh, the different action sequences were cool, and learning a, a bit more about the world was interesting. 
And at the end of it, I was like, I can't wait for chapter four. So, I, yeah, I'll give it an A, just because there were a couple little things here and there um, that that I, that I would knock it from an A+. plus. Okay. Yeah, I, I would probably, I'd definitely give it an A. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could give it an A+, plus because, yeah, it, it might have been maybe one or two things that would, keep it from being an A plus, but overall, yeah, it's definitely an A. Like, um, I was really happy with it. The action was good. Uh, the story was good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I would definitely, you know what? Yeah. A. am not going to say a plus, but I'll definitely give it an A for sure. Um, and, um, just to let everybody know this listening, this is spoiler warning. Cause we're going to get deep into the plot. So if you haven't seen it, come back afterwards so let's go into the pros of the movie like um who, who wants to start first oh i can go first um so i'll say like uh pros would be um the action and then just like the the creativity with like the various scenes um or like the I guess like the set pieces or whatever, like the long fight sequences, um, from like the 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 fight in the stables to the fight with Halle Berry and the dogs to the knife fight thing at the beginning, and then um, like the final fight sequence in the Continental um, was really cool and, and uh, just like the different things that they did. And it was it was such a um, like in the theater it was crazy like when he was killing people in different ways and I was just like ah like oh snap like what like uh, like everybody in the theater was kind of just like at the different moments couldn't help but like say something or yell out or whatever because uh, it was just so exciting and you felt felt it you know mm-hmm. especially like when them dogs was biting on everybody's balls that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Rick? Uh, for me, the pros, yeah, definitely the action. Um, it was, like Corey was saying, it was just, the way they did it was like the action scenes were like action scenes you've just never seen in a movie before. So it was very creative in that regard. And it was just, uh, I liked even, like the first few fight scenes in the beginning, like, with the dude in the library and um, with uh, the people in like the, with the knives and all that stuff or whatever, like there's no music playing. It's just like them just fighting. And so like, I like that too. Cause it just, you know, takes some of the, like, I guess I, I like the realness of things. And it's like in real life, if y'all was fighting, there wouldn't be no music in the background. I just want to, you know, hear the fight. Um, so I liked how they did that. Uh, and just overall, just the whole, the building of the entire, like, the world that they've created through these movies so far. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would probably say definitely the pros is the action. I mean, it, it was non-stop, like, from the get-go. Like, the minute the movie started, it was... Like, I loved how it picked up, like, right at the end of the second one, where, um, 
uh, Ian McShane's character, Winston, gave him like an hour and he was going to be excommunicado. And then, so it was like he was uh, like leaving from the park. And I remember like everybody was getting the cell phone alert and you was looking at all these people. He was like, oh, snap. Like who not uh, going to be coming for him? And I just love from the, the beginning, it was like right at the end of the, um, it picked up right where it left off and then the action was off the hook. And it was like the the multiple different ways he was taking dudes out. Like yeah, like when he was it's like uh, when he was fighting the dudes in the stable. I'm like he using horses. The cat like, you know, <laughs> like that was good. And um, yeah, that action sequence with Holly Berry in the desert, like uh, that was yeah, that was just off the hook. Like and then like it got deeper into like the second one elevated it because it was diving deeper into the world and then this one went even further into it and i think the other thing that i really loved about it was the fact that he had the uh, i felt like he had to really work in this one like the you know the first one was good the first one was really good and then the the second one um was took it to another level but it was like even in this one i think that's why i was so happy with the action of it because he had to really work uh, on this one, and I'll like I'll probably dive into it deeper as we go on with the discussion. So I mean, it, we all pretty much loved it. Um, I guess we could get into some of the cons. I guess the only con I would probably say that I even had with the movie was um, the sequence with like after the action sequence with Holly Berry when he he met her character and she was like the manager of a continental hotel. Um, oh man, I can't even remember what country they were in. Do you, you know? Casablanca. Okay. For Mar- for Morocco. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Continental. Okay, so yeah, they was in Morocco, and um, he was going to meet her former boss, and I thought, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, there's this history between them, and, you know, there's a backstory, but you don't quite know what the backstory is. So you kind of waiting to see what their backstory is. Um, I liked how, I mean, but but the con, I would say, is like, she, she snapped and went off because her old boss shot her dog. And I'm sitting there like, at first I was like, oh, so he killed her dog. And so I'm like, well, you know what that means. But then it's like, he didn't even kill the dog. And then she just went crazy and they just started killing everybody and I was like we didn't even kill a dog but when he was meeting um I guess whoever was supposed to be like like the, her his old boss like her old boss had told him the to, you know you gotta walk through the desert and then if this dude finds you and this is supposed to be the guy I think that's the head of the table or whatever yeah, the one that sits above the table yeah the one the elder. yeah and it was kind of like I guess, I don't know who I was expecting or what actor I was expecting to see or something more to it, but that was a little bit of a letdown to me because it was kind of like, oh, it's just some dude in the desert. Like, okay. Like, I ain't really understand that. It was, and it was almost to the point to me where I feel like John Wick, his character, the way they build him is like, why wouldn't you just take the dude out right there? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Was that the end of your comments? Yeah, that was my that was the end of my cons. Okay, so uh, I'll I'll start with mine, and you know mine are always something stupid and petty and irrelevant to the overall grand scheme of things. But I thought the bounty was too low on John Wick. I'm like fourteen million, like 
Why and they're raising to fifteen million, I think. It's so okay, cool. I mean, like to me, like to have yeah. people reacting the way they was reacting, I'm like, make it like a thirty million dollar bounty. I don't know, fifty million, but like fourteen million, because like you know they had that board with the excommunicated people or with the bounty on on these different assassins or whatever, and um, like it was somebody else who had like a two million dollar bounty or something like that. I'm like, well, you know, you know. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't high enough mm. to make it seem like oh yeah everybody's gonna be after him like the way they were after him. Man, but, fourteen um, million dollars. That, you said what? <laughs> I said fourteen million dollars though. I mean, I guess the other thing is we don't know like, mm-hmm. how much because like other people were on that board too. Look for like two million, like five hundred thousand. So it's like if these are like really high numbers or what? I guess I guess you know what? I guess I guess. <laughs> I just feel like what's what's the st- how much are these people normally being paid to do the stuff that they're doing? Because I would imagine like as good as they are at what they do, they're probably already getting like five hundred thousand a kill or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, the other part though was yeah, like you said, it was a little anticlimactic for me when you know he. I felt like he could have suffered a little bit more walking through the desert before um, they found him and took him to the guy. And then the whole thing with the guy was a little like, oh, that's it? Like, this is who it is? This isn't mm-hmm. impressive to me. Like, I would have rather it have been, like, a really, really old person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just, or, like, some kind of uh, cameo from somebody really famous or like shoot it could have been mother and morgan freeman or something i don't know <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um that that kind of was anticlimactic then it was like the whole like okay just say you're gonna go kill winston and he's like okay i'm gonna go do it and it's like he cuts his finger off and then he doesn't really stick to it and i'm just like that was kind of that was too easy you know what i'm saying for him to get all of that off of his back and then the last thing was, well, actually, it's two more things. Um, I felt like there were plenty of opportunities for people to have killed him. If you're, like, really cold-blooded killers, mm-hmm. you're just going to kill him. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but people didn't take advantage of those opportunities that they had to kill him. Like, when, they was all, when he first went into the place where they were doing the night fight, and you saw, like, before it was, like, a ton of dudes chasing him, probably like eight, ten dudes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets up there, he does the whole thing with the gun, and then, you know, I don't know why he wasted all that time to shoot one bullet from that gun, but well, I think it was he like a... to waste that much time for one bullet. And then it was like when the guys came in, even though they had all came in together initially to the building, when they got to the area where he was, they were coming in like two by two. You know what I'm saying? But that's like, action movies. Them, they probably yeah. them. That's but, that's any action movie, especially martial arts movies. Because how many times we be watching martial arts movies and the dudes be like taking on Bruce Lee or Jet Lee and they be like one at a time or two at a time? <laughs> like, yeah, but I feel like that was like 1975, so you could do that back then. It's like it's 2019 and this is John Wick. Like this ain't no, you don't know who this is. Like you need all the people you can get like, in mass to take him out, but that kind of um, bothered me. And then the last part was just uh, that last scene, like, he should have been dead. Like, I'm sorry. He I, I, he should have been dead. 
Like, uh, you fell off <laughs> that building from that height at that speed into those objects, you should have been dead. <laughs> so that, that those were my cons from the movie. That's kind of why I gave it a B plus. Because, uh, you know, just little things like that, I feel like they could have tightened it up and then that would have made it an A for me. Corey? Yeah, I think like, I had the same... Um... The same kind of, the same, uh, like, nitpicky things, and that's what knocked it from an A-plus to an A for me. Because, like, yeah, the, the part with Halle Berry, I was like, I thought, yeah, I thought dude had killed the dog, but it was like, the dog had a bulletproof vest. And so, I think she overreacted. Because um, you could have just walked away. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and so, I guess there's this thing that I'm thinking, like, with her, is like, you know, she helped John Wick get to her boss, and that would have... The only thing I think is, like, I guess it, it seemed like the boss was letting him walk, you know, without uh, anything, but maybe she would have tried to kill John, and so they would have had to shoot their way out anyway. But, like, them coming back to the other people, like, you helped John Wick, so you got some kind of penance to pay. Mm-hmm. It's like, she should have known, or I, I want to see... And I'm sure they'll address it in chapter four, like what her penance is for helping John, because she could say, oh, well, he had a marker, so I couldn't refuse. But it, it also seemed like she went overboard or did more. So, yeah, like her, her reaction was kind of crazy. It was cold out, like, you know, the shootout with the dogs and everything. Um, and then, like Ricky said, the people, like that last fight, like in the Continental with um, – the sushi chef and his students, mm-hmm. there was at least two, maybe three times where people had knives at his throat and they just stopped. That was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Like, you sneaking them and all this and that type of stuff and softening them up. So I was like, are you, I, I, I guess they was like, well, it wouldn't be honorable to kill him now, but you fighting them two on one and, jumping from behind things and sneaking them and all of that. So, I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite get that, like, why he um, or why they didn't kill him when they had a chance. And so I kind of understood him letting them, them two dudes go, like, you know, I'll be seeing you or whatever. Because mm-hmm. they, they kind of gave him the courtesy to let him up. So I guess he extended, like, professional courtesy to them dudes. Um and then, uh, so, yeah, those are, like, my uh, two biggest things. And, and yeah, I thought, I, the thing with Winston at the end, I was just confused as to, like, whether Winston, like, really betrayed him or, or if it was, like, a, a ploy to kind of, like, fool the adjudicator. Because uh, it was, like, like, when John agreed to kill Winston or whatever with the elder, I was just like, dang, John, like, you really going to kill Winston mm-hmm. just so you can, like, remember your wife? So I never really thought he was going to do yeah. it. But yeah. that also kind of makes me question, like, why would the elders and even, or why would the elder and the high table even let him go? Because, like, they knew he wasn't going to do it, or they should have known that he wasn't going to kill Winston. Yeah, I um, mean, what I... Yeah, so those are just, like, little things, but I, I guess it's all... A lot of it is, is kind of just to keep the thing moving forward. But I was thinking the same thing, like, whenever he was fighting big groups of people, like, why they didn't all <laughs> rush in at the same time. 
Like that's what I'm about to say. I guess you know it because, like, even the point where he Rick, where you said, "Oh, he should have been dead." I mean, like when he fell off of the roof of the Continental after Winston shot him. Um, I don't know. I guess it's like my mindset on it is, is I look at it the same way I look at superhero movies now, where it's like the law, regular laws don't apply. So it's like, unless this dude take a bullet to the head, it's like, I don't see him dying. And I I know initially, I guess my thought was when Winston first shot him on the roof of the Continental, I was like, oh yeah, he just did that just to act like he was still on the side of the high table with the adjudicator or whatever. And, um, but it was like, it wasn't until Lawrence Fishburne's character, the Bowery King, uh, you know, was saying, oh, I would have did the same thing. The, the old man gets to keep his hotel and you take the rap or whatever. Like, I, that's the only thing that made me go, oh, well, did he really mean to possibly kill him or whatever? Or, but I, I never thought that. Like, I just took it as he, he, um, like yeah, I, I took it that he did that just to try to to save him and uh, also get back within the good graces of the table because he knew that John was gonna be coming for everybody after the fact anyway. And um, I guess like um, so that that kind of takes me to the next or actually this was another point I had. So did any of the performances other than um, like did any of the performances stand out to you? Was there some that you liked? Some that you didn't like? Uh, I didn't like the adjudicator. Mm-hmm. I didn't like her voice. Like, <laughs> I, I don't mind her role, you know, um, as a female. Like, I thought that was cool. It was just her voice. I just didn't like her voice. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the one thing, like, you know, because it was like, like, the way that they made it seem like she gets out the car, you know, she's wearing all this black mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And then she just got this really like basic white girl voice. It's like, <laughs> dang, like you could have been like a little more like raspity with it, like a little more aggressive, but it was, it was a very basic white girl voice. And I was like, okay, it's not very convincing as an intimidating person to me, but whatever. Think- um, and then, uh, <laughs> what was it? The scene that I really did like, though, I think my favorite scene, though, even though, like, I talked about it, but it was the scene with, uh, well, it was two favorite parts. You know what? I'll just go with one because I don't want to take anybody else's shot. No, I'm going to say both, and we'll just agree. Uh, so the first was the night, the fight scene with the knives and stuff. Um, like, I thought that was cool. Like, it was just, it was just like, man, don't nobody be fighting with knives like this. And then when he, like, the graphicness of it, like he stabbed yeah. dude in the eye, it's like, yeah. dang, like he stabbed him in the <laughs> eye, and so, yeah, um, everybody in the theater was like, yeah. Yeah, that, that was like, yeah, when me and Chalet saw it, that was like, it was one dude behind me was like, I can't even take that. And I was like, yeah, when he stabbed, mm-hmm. when he stabbed that dude in the eye, I was like, oh, snap, they doing, they going on another level right now. Yeah. And then uh, the other part was when, you know, the, the uh, like, task force team, whatever, I don't know what they were or whatever, but um, they come into the uh, hotel, so, you know, they, they can't take them out because they got the protective armor. And then they go get the armor-piercing shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as they come out and, like, he shoot the first dude and he blow half his head off, it was like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, snap. Like, it was just, 
it was insane because it was like, okay, we expect him to shoot him. I didn't expect to see the dude's head get halfway blown off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that those are my favorite parts. Yeah, that I agree with you in regards to the um the the final scene when the um like the the high tables like task force or whatever came in the kind of yeah and they was like shooting them it wasn't having no effect and they got the arm piercing because yeah the minute he came out there with that shotgun and blew that yeah blew that dude so I was like oh snap like I think that was like one of the funny things I think when um I called you Rick after. I got out and seen it, and you was like, was it headshots? I was like, headshots? Like, <laughs> they was, was taking cat's heads off. Um, I think the other scene that I really enjoyed, yeah, the knife fight was off the hook. Um, that 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 fight, like, where uh, even though I was critical of the fact that Haley Berry snapped for, like, to me, no reason, that scene, when they was going through that compound with the dogs, and the dogs was like, yeah. like Corey said, they was going at every single dude's balls. It was like, damn! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, dang, 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 and then I, I was like, on well, top of that, I was like, the dude's dead, and those dogs are still just, like, yep. shaking him, like, <laughs> 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 like, he's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like, it was like, um, it was almost like something from The Simpsons, like, where you see, like, Mr. Burns' dogs attacking somebody, and the person's, like, not even fighting, and they still, like, tearing them up or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corey. So one of my, uh, I thought I thought Ricky when he was like his two favorite things. I thought he was gonna say that the part where like John Wick was disappearing on them like Batman. Oh yeah, like, I did forget <laughs> about that. But like, no, honestly, that scene in like when he got off the subway and uh, and then like the kids walked by and stuff, and then you know the the people was like sneaking them. But then I was like, yo, are they really just? Dropping bodies in the middle of a crowded train station and nobody is reacting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. I thought about that, that too. That was crazy. But then, um, so then, like the, the Empire, like when John flipped it on a dude and, and was, you know, popping up behind him and stuff. Like I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, the I guess I'm trying to think of like my favorite part of the, the their favorite action sequence was. It's it's either the horse stable oh, or yeah. the the last fight in the uh, continental yeah. where he's blowing dudes heads off. Um, the, I, yeah, like the horse stable, like the first one, and it, it it was like like when it was in there, I was just like, wow, man, somebody about to get kicked or something. But mm-hmm. then like when he <laughs> you know did it the first time, that was crazy. But then the second dude who got kicked twice, it was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was crazy, yeah. Like, yeah, that that was the part that I think that was my favorite. Between the the killing the dude, the first assassin with a book, and mm. killing the dudes with a horse, that was like probably about like that. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorite kills because I was like, dang, that horse just straight. Like, like, he like he's straight. I was like, he killed them with horses. Um, yeah. Like um, it, it was like you know, like the horse scenes, the motorcycle stuff, like all that stuff. You know, it was just like cool because it's like 
nobody's doing it like this or nobody's done it like that before in a movie. So mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see. And I know it's funny, like, we talked about how it had the action cliches where it's like, oh, they're going to take people on two at a time. But I think that's one of the other things that I really love about um, about these movies is the fact that you see him actually reloading his gun. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's like a tactical thing. Like, he moves in a tactical fashion. And um, it's like there are people that train to fight in that manner. And I think that's like, even though it's ridiculous and it's over the top and it's very unrealistic to some extent, to some parts it very it is realistic in terms. Now, I wonder if like part of it. I was just thinking like I wonder if maybe they're trying to make it like you know these dudes is they like they all everybody know who John Wick is and stuff and so they like scared to run in because that was the, like the one part in in, in Casablanca like when he. I think it was three dudes with oh, yeah, or swords or whatever in the tunnel, and the, and the guy came out and was like, you know, he has amnesty or, or whatever he said, and and then it was like, you know, they started walking away, and then one dude was about to throw his knife at his back, like I, that kind of makes me think that they was like, you know, oh well, I you know I I can't take John like <laughs> straight up or whatever, even if we rush him, but let me take my shot when his back is turned, but, mm-hmm. yeah. What did you guys think of um, the villains? Um, the it's interesting because I feel like like what you, what you said earlier, it definitely felt like he had to work more in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess it was because like it was it was kind of like this is like they set it up that like you know he got this huge bounty on him. And so, and there are assassins everywhere, and so it, it kind of makes you just like, you know, he he can't get no break, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, just like, he don't even care, and, and he's got to fight, like, everywhere it goes, so, um, cause I, it's funny, because I'm just like, there was no real one villain, but, well, I guess the, the sushi chef dude, because yeah. before you had, like, performances that you really like. Like, I liked him, yeah. especially when he, like, in the part where they're in the Continental and he, like, turned into a fanboy. Yes. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah. like him. But <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like, outside, he was at the tough, like, you know, yeah, we the same and all this and that. But then it turned into, like, you know, oh, I just really wanted to meet you. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan and all of that. So his performance was really good. And, so like, he, he was probably, I guess, the biggest main villain or yeah. whatever. But he, I felt like as far as villains go, he had the most um, screen time and the most of his character. Yeah. But I thought he was pretty good, you know, and the fight scenes with him was cool. So Yeah, I, I liked him a lot, too. And um, his, his real name is Mark, and uh, I can't really pronounce his last name that great. It's Mark Dacosis or Doc. Daka Coast or whatever, um, and he he was in um, uh, he was in what you would call it, uh, what's the name of it? Um, Cradle to the Grave with um, mm-hmm. Jet Li. Was that DMX? Yeah, Jet yeah, Jet Li and DMX. He was the bad guy in that. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yep, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's the other I funny thing. I was gonna say I know he looks familiar. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, that's it. That yeah, is the other he, thing. He has his hair in this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the chairman. That's yeah. <laughs> the chairman from from Iron Chef America, which cracks me up because it, it's so funny seeing him in Iron Chef America because it's almost like I remember I said to Shalane, I was like. Don't it seem like the way he acts? I mean, I know he's Asian and everything, but it almost feels a little racist to me. Yeah, like he'd be laying it on thick. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because yeah. it's like he, his English is better than mine. So it's like he'd be all like, Are they cozy? He'd be going a little. But, um, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't have that much of a problem with the adjudicator, but I get what Ricky is saying because she looks uh-huh. like this goth emo kind of looking chick but then yeah when she talked she was talking like this super prim and proper attorney or whatever but i guess that's part of the thing too is like where they were showing like how like even when they were showing the uh hub where they was like um putting up his bounty or pulling the the permit for the continental like you had this super like you know corporate Old, almost old school madman kind of office, but all the people had like tattoos and piercings and like look like you know what I mean, like look like they would not yeah. be working in that kind of environment. But I think that's the other cool element of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What uh? What was I going to say? Um. Because it could have brought something up. God darn it! I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did like that guy, though, and his character. I didn't mention that. I liked how they sprinkled the humor in to the movie as well, mm-hmm. though. Um, you know, that was a good that was a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like, um, I guess the other characters I really like was Ian McShane. I mean, I, I like Ian McShane, period. That dude is, yeah. like, he's a good actor. It's like almost anything he's in, I'm, I'm down for. And um, I just liked... I, I liked him. I liked Lance Reddick, who played, like, the concierge at the Continental. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's character, I think, was a little bit played down more so in this one. But I'm pumped for the next one. Like, I, So, yeah, it's like the way this one ended, it was like Lawrence Fishburne's character, who I thought was killed in the movie. I thought they killed him. Yeah, I thought he was dead, yeah, too. Yeah, and then it's like, so, but it's I love the fact that he was like, if you cut me. You better cut me to the quick. He's like, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. All oh, they about to get him. So it's like, it's, it's this one like fires me up because yeah, it's like I, I think I had said to Ricky and I said to you too, Corey. After we I had seen it, are you? Do you guys feel like you will get tired of them making? Because we know there's gonna be a four. In fact, it's coming out in uh, 2021. They already set the release date for it. Um, are, do you guys think you'll get tired of them doing John Wick movies? No, because the other thing that's, like, cool about the John Wick thing is that, like, with them having the movies, or or at least this one, like, picking up right after, and i got to go back and watch the the beginning of two, because I felt like it picked up sometime later, but maybe it was right after. But, like, basically, the the three movies have taken place over, like, maybe a couple of weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, like, a little more than a couple of weeks. So it's just like, you know, they could even do something where they, like, jump forward a few years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or so, like, I could could see them, you know, 
Well, you could almost have a movie for, you know, however many members of the high table there are, like mm-hmm. have him, you know, taking out a member or two every movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 uh, I think, yeah, um, as far as, like, the whole world that they're building and everything like that, like, I could, I could see them continuing this on past, uh, the fourth movie, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think even if they did some prequel type of thing, I would be in for that as well, um, you know, kind of showing what what he was before his dog died or whatever. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm okay with it. I think there might be a limit though. It might be like six or seven of them, mm-hmm. maybe six of them, and then I'm like, all right, y'all need to stop now. Yeah, like, like, that. like two trilogies, because uh, I guess it's, it's funny because like I know I am so tired of the Fast and the Furious movies, even though. I, I am uh, intrigued by The Rock and uh, Jason Statham spinoff. Yeah. Even though that joint looks so over the top, it's not even funny. But, um, like, I just know by the time they did The Last Fast and the Furious, I was like, okay, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm, I'm ready for them to stop. Like, I, I'm like, I'm good. Like, yeah. they should have stopped after the other one. But, yeah, this one, I'm, it's like, I, because there's so much to it and you still, like, there's still so much mystery to the Continental itself in that world and like you could i could easily see them spinning it off because you could follow another character you can see like even the the backstory between him and holly berry's character is like oh what's going on there and like where's her daughter at and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah like they did a great job of building this this underworld or this new kind of world that you are very interested in and i i think um i think there's a like uh, uh, I know Corey was talking about it with me, and I do think there's a TV series that's going to be called The Continental, that's going to be on Stars. I think. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say it needs to be on something like Netflix or something like that. So okay. Yeah. So it's like I I will watch it, and I'm looking forward to it because yeah, they did a good good job. Do Do y'all think it's funny though that it's like if you look at Keanu Reeves and the way his career started, where he was like. Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and now he's like this uh, big time action star because you know the Matrix was off the hook. Yeah, I've, I've definitely considered that um, at various points. Just like, man, he was in Bill and Ted, and it was like, then it was like, then he in the Matrix, you know, and just the different things he's done since Bill and Ted, and and so on. Mm hmm. Yeah, I listened to this podcast uh, this past week called With a Pencil, and they were doing um, the action movie hero Hall of Fame, and it was it was like not a serious thing or whatever, but they were talking about like different uh, characters, and like not the actors, but the characters that they play, and um, they talked about like like. Uh, John McClane from the Die Hard movies. Mm-hmm. I think he was like the first dude that they, they put up. And so like it is interesting to think that Keanu Reeves was, you know, has these two iconic trilogies under his belt. And, you know, how many who knows how many John Wicks they gonna make, but they, you know, he was Neo from the Matrix and now he's John Wick and and then like all the other different things in between that he's done. It's like a, a, a pretty cool career. Mm-hmm. 
that's and you know that's a, a good um, transition to me because I can honestly say that the Matrix trilogy was a bit disappointing in the end. Like mm-hmm. I loved the first one, I loved the second one, the third one I was fired up for, and then when it happened, I was kind of like, "What?" Like it was so, it, it was disappointing. Like it, I even the way it ended, I was disappointed with it. But all three of the John Wicks have been off the chain to me. So, but I do want to ask you, like, out of the three John Wick movies, which one would you say you like the best? Because I was like, I was just in a barbershop on Thursday, and we I was talking about it with, uh, with Mark and this other guy in there, and Mark asked me, he was like, well, which one did you like the best? And I was sitting there like, I, I was I had to really sit there and think about it. I think I would say I liked the third one the best. Even though it was like like the first one was off the hook, like the premise of the it's so funny because the the premise of the first John Wick, the way this whole thing started, it almost sounded like it would be a a Saturday Night Live sketch or something where it's like they making fun of action movies, like they killed his dog, so it's like he's like he's out for blood, so it's like it, it's like the way it started was hilarious, but. The second one made more sense in the term of the revenge, and then this one makes even more sense. But I think I like the third one just because of he like the first one. He went on this spree, but it really to me wasn't that much of a challenge because uh-huh. they're like especially when he got to the end, like the guy at the end was not on his level, and then the second one was very good, and the action was off the, the hook, and even the fight he had with Common. Was was good, but again, it was like the very final thing. The people weren't really on his level, but this last one, woo! When he was fighting them dudes in the Continental, and even like those the two on one, and one of the guys I remember was like the main bad guy from um, the Raid, which was an awesome action movie. Did either either of you guys ever see the Raid? Nah. Okay. No, I've heard about it, and I kept meaning to watch it. On Netflix, and then, I don't know if they got rid of the raid, and, but they put the raid redemption, which is, I guess, the raid too on there. But I'm gonna try to find it though, because uh, I've heard that it's it's crazy. off the hook. Yeah. That joint is off the hook. It's great. Um, but like, yeah, when he had to even fight the sushi chef guy to end, that was like a dope fight. So yeah, I, I would say the third one is is my favorite out of the trilogy. Uh, I think the second was mine. Um, just cause the, the small, the small inconsistencies for me, and I don't know if it's made, I don't think I was looking at it with that critical of an eye, but just those small inconsistencies, inconsistencies slightly agitated me. Like, like the plot line, like that whole thing with him going back to kill Winston or whatever, mm-hmm. it was just like, I felt like if, if he's really as wanted as they're making him out to be somebody really should be killing him right now. Like, you know, and it was like that, it just felt too easy and too to go along to push the story forward for him to just like, okay, I'm going to cut my finger off and then I'm going to go, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just felt like it wasn't uh, hard enough or consistent. And, and that was the other thing was like what Corey was saying when he first got to Morocco and it was kind of like, well, why does he get a pass? I don't understand why he gets a pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't fully make sense to me in that moment, but well, he he had punched his ticket with that um, 
Like when he went to, well, I'm assuming Angelica Houston mm-hmm. is was like that's where he he started. Is is mm-hmm. my assumption because it's like I think that's where he probably uh-huh. got his training from. And when she he took that cross off of that necklace and then she they branded it on his back. Like I think that was like again within they this world like they had their own little coins and currency and then they got the the markers and they got their own little rules and. I think it was just like, and because of the marker he had with Holly Berry's character, it's like, I think that is why, like, oh, well, he could get there because he punched his ticket, and then he could get to her because they had, like, they had this relationship, but he got that marker from her. I mean, I guess in my mind, I feel like if you're excommunicated, you're excommunicated, and you know, maybe in some instances, like with the chick, because they had a history like Angelica Houston. Okay, you know she she does what she needs to, you know, to let him uh, go through. But it's like those guys. It's like okay, he here now. Let's kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't. I, in my mind, I just didn't see why they didn't just kill him. Well, they tried to. I mean, but they probably still could have. And it, but but the guy came out and saved them. You know what I'm saying? Like, the guy came out and was like, nah, chill, and then they all just stopped. But, and I was like, well, why? But you saw the one dude still trying, like Corey said, he was like, oh, I'm going to try to get him in the back. But let's just be real. Them dudes wasn't going to take him out. I mean, uh, but, you know, I would rather he just showed up and got there, like, stealthily instead of them trying to kill him as soon as he landed. But, um, it, it, well, either way, like, the second one, just because – you know, I didn't have to ask those questions is kind of why I felt like I liked it better than the third one. But they were both still very good. Corey? Yeah, I think uh, I would put the second one as my favorite also. Just because, like, three, um, as good as it was and stuff, I, I'm, uh, I'm a little worried that I'm like, I might be, it might be recency bias. For me to put three as like my favorite, because looking back at the second one, like it, it was uh, there were so many cool scenes, and he had the um, like the one villain that you know was kind of like the first one. He was just mowing down that you know the Russian mm-hmm. dudes or whatever. Like he didn't really have anybody on his level to uh, really challenge him. And so, I mean, it was cool, like, him killing all them dudes and basically, like, punching dudes with headshots or whatever. Um, And and so, like, it was also unexpected, and and so that was cool. And then, like, you got your hopes up for for two, and and two definitely met that. And the same for three met expectations, but I felt like two... Him going against Carmen and oh. some of the other things in it just felt, um, I guess, cooler. And uh, the story, I think, was a little better in two than three. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's, I felt, I don't know. I, I see what y'all saying in regards to some of the 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 picks, nitpicks or whatever three, but I don't know, man. I guess it's the fact that the action. It seemed even more action packed to me in three. Like they all yeah, are so. I agree with you though. Like the action was definitely insane. Yeah, and it's like the different, 
set pieces like the motorcycle fighting and the fighting the stable and the fighting the continental and then fighting the Morocco and it's just it was just so much man it was just it, yeah but I mean it, it's like splitting hairs because it's almost yeah. yeah it's almost like the Marvel movies to me too where it's like you love them all but there's different levels to it so it's like it's not just because you yeah you can't go wrong with either one to be honest, you couldn't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. For me, it was just the, like, the action was definitely better. It was more creative. It was just mm-hmm. the storyline, to me, didn't flow as well as the second one did. Mm-hmm. I got you. So, is there, um, I know we all said we looking forward to seeing the, the, the fourth one. Is there anything that you hope to see in the next one? Um, for me, it's, it's maybe two things. I don't know if they can pull off both. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But what I definitely want to see in the fourth one is like, I want to see somebody who's on his level, like who's like legit, like just as legendary as him that he has to go up against. Uh, because I feel like then that'll, that'll make it like what I kind of was expecting when he would have went to the, the head. Maybe that dude at the head, head of the table is just as nice as he is. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's the case, but, you know, it may, that that would do it for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, to see something like that. And then the other part is just a little bit more maybe a little bit more explanation into some of the different things that they have, mm-hmm. like the currencies and markers and some of the different rules. Cause like, you know, I, I needed to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. I think I'm because, looking, you know what? I'm sorry. That's the thing. Cause like two, two didn't have as many of these different weird rules and stuff like that. Like it was a little more straightforward. Like they did have, I think like the marker or whatever. And he had to, you know, do the thing. But um, it wasn't as much of it, so it was fine. But it's like in this, they incorporated different things like that a lot more and didn't fully explain it, so I was like slightly confused. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm the thing I probably would say I'm looking forward to in the next one is the the I want to see more of the high table and what's the hierarchy there and like what's mm-hmm. the different factions of it. Um, I would like to see. I think I do want to see Commons character come back. Like, even if it's, like, um, like, I don't know. Like, like I I felt like the dude, the sushi chef, because I can't even, I don't know if they even ever said that guy's name, the uh, dude that he he beat at the end. Uh, I think his name was Zero, and it's only because I looked it up online. Oh, okay. I think he was close to being on his level. Like, Like I said, I felt like it was a good fight, and it was more even than the previous ones. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would, it would be cool if they introduced somebody else who was like even more, uh, or who was just like, um, somebody who is also, um, has his reputation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Corey? Yeah, I, I would want to see, um, the high table, like more, because really we, we don't know who's on the high table other than, um, you know, the elder who sits above it and then uh, 
San Antonio, D'Antoni, whatever his name, like his family, mm-hmm. um, like one, it was it, it was their father, and then it was his sister, and then him. So who took over after him, or was that mm-hmm. just like a balance? And then you know, just who else is on the, the high table? So I, I'd like to learn more about that. And um, what's the other thing I'd like to see? I want to maybe they would only be able to do it in a prequel or whatever, but like the impossible task that he had to do to get oh, out. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to like. Either hear more about that or, or get that explained. Shoot, more. wait, what was, was uh, that? Did they mention that yeah. in this movie? Or they didn't that? even, yeah, they didn't even touch on it. Like they, they briefly touched on it, and I mean, they talked about it in the first one, and then they talked about it in the second one. But yeah, I would like to see what that was. Yeah, that's, that's why I feel like they should do a prequel. Cause like seeing that whole scene with the people wrestling and the ballet and all that, it's like, okay, this is where it came from. Like you know, but. Give me a little bit more of his story from before, mm-hmm. so I would be okay with the prequel. It would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, you guys. I appreciate you guys coming on. Are there any other um, movies this summer that you guys probably want to check out? Uh, Spider-Man, I think. Oh, That's yeah. That's right. I forgot. That's coming uh-huh. out in July. I feel like there's a bunch of movies, or there are some movies coming out, like, November, December, that I'm interested in. Nobody wants um, to see uh, Aladdin, huh? Well, no, I mean, I kind of want to see Aladdin. That was the only other thing I would say. I was thinking about going to see it today, but, because, uh, <laughs> you know, that was my that was one of my favorite Disney movies. Yes. It's probably between that and Mulan mm-hmm. uh, were, like, my favorites, so... Yeah. What about the Lion King? We may have. Layla saw the preview uh, and said she wanted to go, and I was like, "Oh, I was going to take her." But then Chanel said that she wanted to take her, and so Chanel hasn't taken her to any movies yet. So, but um, I'm, I am a little curious about Aladdin because that was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. I think it was my fourth grade class. They um, took a trip to the movies and it was to Aladdin. It was the first one that I saw. And it is, it is uh, pretty good, like all the songs and stuff. And the genie was hilarious, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Um, wait, you were saying something. Lion King, does that come out this summer? I think it does. Don't, I mean, it, it seems weird to me because Disney has all these huge movies coming out this summer. And you would think they would like to, like, stagger them or go, hey, this summer... But I feel like Lion King, you know what, Lion King might be next summer. I no, might... no, no, I think it is this summer. Give me a sec. I'm just Googling it now. Uh, it says it's 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... July 19th. Oh, okay, so it is this summer. Yeah, I do want to um, see that. Because the Lion yeah. King was off the hook to me. But I, 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 I got to say, I don't know if it's just me. I don't understand why so many people like the Lion King. Right? What? Yeah, definitely was not one of my favorite Disney movies. What? It was just, it was a movie, but I, it wasn't like, oh man, I gotta watch this again. Like, Dog, like you are. I was like, oh man, I gotta watch this again. Like, what? Mulan, I was like, I gotta watch this again, Lion King. I was like, okay. Man, you are, cr- yo, Lion King was off the hook. I, I mean, in my, in my rankings... Lion mm-hmm. King is probably I don't even know if it's top ten. Oh, yo, yo, you tripping. You wild yo, you wild. Robin Hood, Lion King, Mulan, Aladdin. Yeah, 
No, you won't. Lion King is up there. Lion King is top three. Easily. Not, not even top five. Dog, you are high. Five. You are high. This dude is. I don't. I don't know where I would rank Lion King, but I'm. I'm. I'm not as down on it as Ricky. I'm not as high on it as Billy. Like it was. It was fine. Like I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I. I gotta look at the list of movies, but I don't know if it would be in my man, top. Man, that thing. You know what? That thing was in Africa, man. And okay. that was like. That was. I guess that was the other thing that kind of yeah, got like, me Dubai. like. On the cast. No, Great. it was more than two. It was more than it was, two. Uh, James L. Jones, Robert Guillaume. You had uh, and Whoopi Goldberg. It was more. It was. It was. Uh, his. It was his mom was black. Clearly, um, I don't know about the other female. Not point is, it was based in Africa, and even though it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't all black people, that was black based. And so I was like, and plus, I put the princess in the frog above it. Man, that joy. Plus, that thing was emotional nah, to me. Put, I wouldn't put princess in the frog. You, you, you tell me. You tell me. I got friends on the other side, though, from Princess in the Frog. But that's the other thing. Oh, yeah, even the music, man. The music was dope. Um, you going to tell me you ain't tear up when Mufasa got killed, man? I don't remember. I just remember I didn't really care for that movie when you I was wild. a kid. I didn't this care dude, to watch it. You are wild. That Joe was off the hook, I think man. that was like the only one. Did we even have that one? Yes. Oh. You know my head, that Joe. <laughs> that thing was fantastic to me. I loved it. Absolutely, positively loved it. You're crazy. I mean, I, it, I, I'm trying to think what my favorite Disney movie is, but... Aladdin definitely was up there because I've been loving the crap out of that because, yeah, the songs was great. Robert Williams was hilarious. Was the so you tell me, would you, Lion King or Aladdin, which one was better? Probably I'll probably yeah. say Aladdin. I'll probably say Aladdin, but Lion King is close. Like, would you, so, But you would say Lion King over Mulan? Yes. Nah. And I love Mulan. Mulan was off that again. That's the Eddie top Murphy five. Was Eddie Murphy movie. was hilarious, but I'm just then. Yeah, nah. I, think, I think I'd go Mulan over Lion King. I would take Beauty and the Beast over Lion King too. What? I, 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 I probably would too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could put Beauty and the Beast over Lion King. I uh, mean, mu- music from Little Mermaid is pretty high for me too. Yeah. <laughs> like under the sea and kiss the girl. Yeah. Whoa, that's a good man. That's a good. This is a good discussion. We gotta table this. This is a good discussion. Yeah, I, I, for I, I gotta go back and look and see because it, it, it's interesting because they they also have like the different eras or whatever, because, mm-hmm. like, the, the ones that was old when we was kids, like Jungle Book and yes. Robin Hood and Sword in the Stone, yep. like, you got them, well, and, and then you got, like, the ones that was out with Lion King. Sword Oh, dog, I know you ain't just say you put Sword of the Stone over Lion King. Absolutely. That's my least favorite Disney nah. movie. That's my, I, I, I can I can easily I, say that. I, I, I like Sword in the Stone, but I, I wouldn't put that over Lion King. I ain't like, I mean, Sword in the Stone was cool. I did like it, but I definitely, man, that's definitely not in my top ten. Not even close. Not I even close. Sleeping Beauty like, was the first one we ever had. Like the last place it, one for me. That's the that's the 
Yeah. Yeah. Like Lady in the Tramp. I don't even remember that movie. I had I, the only thing okay. I know is that they was yo table this. I need y'all to go back, think about your Disney movies because that's <laughs> yo. We gonna settle this because. I, there are some parameters as far as like years That's true. Because there's so many. Think about like all the, like they had so many. Yeah. Let's, you know what? I'm going to say this. Let's just try. Yeah, to... I'm Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> you're wild. Now you wallet. Now you just, no, you wallet, dog. You straight wallet. That's a, you straight wallet. Sleeping Beauty was whack. You wallet. Hold up. I'm going to ask you this. And if you say this, then I'm going to be like, you just trolling now. Bambi. Nah, yeah, I put Lion King over Bambi. Okay. I, I didn't like I, Bambi. Okay, I was about to say, if you put Lion King behind Bambi, then now you just straight trolling. But, oh, man, this is funny, though. We do need to do this. You know, like, I'll say I this. we just got to limit it to, like, a top 20 or, like, I was going to say, 15. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. So many. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a top, yeah, top 10, top 15, because there's so many, I can't, It's that's too much. But, yeah, go, yeah, go back. We gonna we gonna settle this, cause you wildin' on Lion King, man. That joy, that's easily in my. T- you know, I I, I might have been a little hyperbole saying top three, but it's definitely top five. But um, yeah, oh wait, wait. Another, I still want to see it though. When it comes another out, another stipulation. I'm excluding the Pixar movies because oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's gotta be the cartoon joint. Yeah, that's that's too much. That's okay, yeah. I can't even get into the Pixar joints. I can't even do that. But anyway, that okay, that took an interesting turn. But uh, so now I know what I'm gonna have y'all back on for another one later. Uh, that might not be the very next thing, but we definitely gonna come back to this for sure. Um, but hey, thanks a lot for joining me. As always, Ricky and Corey, I appreciate no it. I, uh, I was gonna say, have you guys, uh, have you guys been watching One Punch Man? Man, I uh, is back. I yeah, didn't even know. Two was bad. I, I I'm still because really I started it and I, uh, and it's not the full season yet. So now I gotta wait for episodes. I still haven't finished season one. Oh my goodness! What is wrong with you? I'm hey, just they, yeah. They got season one in English now. That's what I'm saying. I, I waited like I started watching it, the subtitle, but then. I about to say, I yeah. mean, I I haven't saved on my DVR, so I'll I'll go back and watch. I mean, is, so season two is on Hulu. Uh yeah, season two is on Hulu, but it's not dubbed, so it's subtitled. So you got to okay. Right okay. But, I, uh, I, I might it, check it out though, because I, I, I different than season one though. It's, it's I'll try to I'll try one. to get back into it because it, uh, it was I thought it was good, but I also found myself not as into it like Dragon Ball Z, so I mean, I'm sorry. This is like by far my favorite anime. Because when I first started watching, I was just like, why would I watch this when every fight is over with yes, one punch? Like, exactly. This is stupid. But exactly. Yeah, it's good. Season two like develops. It shows more of the other characters, like the different mm-hmm. classes and stuff, and then um, it it. I almost want to say it scales back his power. Maybe he's learned how to control it better so he doesn't just kill people with one punch. 
I got. Uh, I'll I'll check it out. I'll go back to it. Yeah, because um, like he has those moments where he's like, I can't remember what he says, but the only time that like he really like go all out is when he's like serious punch or serious whatever. Like <laughs> everything else is, is toned down, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's good. You, you should definitely love it. I'll check it out. I mean, my, when it comes to my favorite animes right now, I mean, I'm Fairy Tales on this final season right now, and is I'm that con- funny. That yo, Fairy Tales off the hook. That's is it funny though. It is funny to okay, me. It I is. It. I mean, it, it's funny like the humor. Cha- I tell you what, them cats in Japan be wild because it's so funny to me because. It, it almost like they grow with the characters because it's like, okay, the characters start here, so the humor of it is real juvenile, like, uh, for geared towards little kids. But then as the characters get older, then their humor different, like, changes. Because, like, it, it was one episode where I was, like, they had one of the characters was kicking somebody in the balls, and then a dude in retaliation was sticking a broom up his butt. And he was like, good God, like, what the, like, what? They aired this, but it was like um. Yeah, fairy tale. I, I was watching. I watched all the ones they had on Netflix, and then I fell off. So I got like fifty something episodes. So I don't know what I'm gonna catch. Oh, man, that's a lot of episodes. It's it's a lot. It's I mean it's nowhere near like. Uh, Is it subtitled or dubbed? It's uh dubbed on Netflix, okay. but um yeah I I got a Funimation subscription, so it's like I I didn't see all of them and um. But it's yeah, this is the final season and this is off the hook. I've been enjoying the crap out of it. But um, either of y'all watch My Hero Academia because that's also off the hook. Yeah, I started watching that. Um, so I saw the first two seasons and they're like uh, the first twelve episodes of season three are dubbed on uh, Hulu. So I watched those. So yeah, that's a good one too. I like that. Yeah, that's is, another good. Is that one, one funny? Yeah, yeah, it's got humor to it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little more serious, yeah. but it does have some humor. Yeah, it's not like, I, the, the, like the fight scenes and stuff in there are, are really cool. I think. Yeah, yeah, the fight scenes are cool. Um, and it's not like Dragon Ball Z where fighting one dude takes like ten thousand episodes yes. or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, my punch man is making me mad because it's kind of going in that realm right now. They're really dragging it, and I'm like, I need y'all. Like, this one particular part took like three episodes, and I was like, why? And that was the thing I liked about it before was because it was like everything was like boom, 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 boom. But now they kind of dragged it out, and that kind of bothered me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to uh, stop recording because this thing then devolved into a whole other <laughs> subject matter. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but, but as all you know, we definitely gonna come back for that Disney joy. Uh, when I post this, it might not have all the anime talk, but I might leave some of it in there. But I think you might as well. But uh, when you do the Disney one, give me at least a week's notice so I can prepare my list. <laughs> all right. Thanks again for joining me, guys. As always, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to it um, and uh, getting you guys on for some different subjects as well. And, okay. And, oh, oh, Rick. Uh, yeah. I I liked your first two episodes. I look forward to you posting oh, yeah. more. Yeah, uh, I'll plug my thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm living rich and dying broke. Uh, coming soon to iTunes and Google Play. Uh, I'm just waiting to get them reviewed or whatever. But just listen to it on Spotify or Podbean. Mm-hmm. Um, this next episode, 
Uh, I'm still working on my guests. Hopefully they actually do come through. But um, it's going to be focused on Freddie. So that's that's what uh, this next one is going to be on. Okay. All right. I look forward to hearing it. All right. See you guys later. This is the Zero to 100 podcast. We out. To the bat for right. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 12 of the Zero to 100 podcast. Once again, uh, shout out and thanks to my brothers, Corey and Ricky, for joining me as we reviewed uh, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Uh, as you can see, we love the movie. Highly recommend that you guys go out and see it. Cannot wait for John Wick Chapter 4, which is already set to come out in 2021. And... I know that, like, uh, at times <laughs> there's franchises that you'll see and they'll keep making movies and you're like, why are they keep making them? Stop doing it. And um, <laughs> you get tired of it. But I am not tired of these movies. They are fantastic. They're spectacular. And as long as they keep making them with this quality, then I will keep going to see them. Like, um, it's funny because this week uh, the new trailer dropped for Sylvester Stallone's uh, Rambo Last Blood and this is the fifth time he's doing it and you're like come on now what are you doing it's time to let go it's time to move on <laughs> but so I don't know I don't, I don't know if I'll be down for a 60 year old uh, or 70 year old Keanu Reeves playing John Wick but I don't know I'm not gonna let me not close the door on it because it might still be awesome <laughs> so um, as I've done in the previous weeks, so I'm going to give a um, political spotlight on the next candidate that I had on this list, and that's going to be uh, Kamala Harris, who is the junior senator from California. She's been the senator there since 2017, and so going to dive a little bit into some of her pros and some cons, and again, as always, please I want you guys to research these people as well. You want to be educated. You don't want to just vote for the person just because you like the way they look or or any other superficial thing. You really need to make a good, educated decision. Uh, So, what do I know about Kamala Harris? Not as much as Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, I will say. Uh, But it was very interesting reading up on her. So she's only been a senator since 2017. So um, unlike Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, she doesn't have like that super long track record in, um, you know, of being in the Senate for a really long time of having her name attached to some some things. So she's fresh and she's new. And that's something that is a positive, in my opinion. That's a, a good thing. Um, she is, uh, you know, of course she's a woman, she's an African-American woman, but again, I don't want to just vote for her just because she's a woman and just because she's an African-American. Um, so more than, you know, ever in our politics, um, we need that fresh blood. So that's why I look at her in a positive way. Um, in the democratic party in particular, they definitely want to try to Puts for somebody that is more diverse and more including, and that's something that you could see with her. Um, but there's more to it than that. Um, like her campaign is really highlighting 
her track record. Uh, she's, a, you know, as an attorney, um, she was a prosecutor um, in the city of San Francisco from 2004 to 2011. And then she served as California's attorney general from 2011 to 2017. Um, with the, with who's in office now, uh, number 45 the man's name who we should not name but uh, he is very clearly operating of a from the standpoint that he's above the law like um you know but when he keeps getting away with stuff you can see why he operates that way so her campaign is really pushing her or showing highlighting that even when she was uh, uh you know attorney general for the state of california she always adhered to the rule of law and she's a rule of law person and that's something that she wants to reestablish as president um you know she was saying that there's uh from her words that the state was her client and she even if there was things that was going on that she didn't personally believe or agree with it's the rule of law and she was going to defend it and that's what she does so i give her credit for that um she likes to build herself as or she liked to build herself as a progressive uh prosecutor because she would uh, put forth different ideals or, or uh you know rehabilitation programs trying to help um stop recidivism which is you know uh, repeat offenders um you know constantly going back in jail and so she did do some programs um in that regard to try to stop that that were effective um in some in, in some cases um when the three strikes rule was implemented she wasn't one to push for the three strikes uh she like unless the third crime was a felony or of a violent offense uh, otherwise, she wasn't really pushing for it um, to have that done. Um, the only thing I will say is that she definitely has baggage. Like I said before, there is no such thing as a perfect candidate. But uh, she definitely has some things in regards to her track record. Like, like her campaign that she's running on is one where she's super promoting criminal reform and justice reform um and stopping mass incarceration and uh, that's something that she wants to do but her track record has a lot of contradictory um instances in it where it's like you know she fought as a prosecutor to um like she wouldn't implement the death penalty for a convicted um a man that was convicted of murdering a, a police officer but then when the uh, state of california's uh, death penalty was deemed unconstitutional as the attorney general she fought to keep it in place so even though she says she doesn't believe in it so that's you know one thing that is a little bit of a ding against her um one of the more troubling things that i saw from her is how as the attorney general she would really fight to um like even if there like were people that were um deemed innocent uh she would fight to their appeals to keep them incarcerated even if it was shown that they were proven innocent 
one of the most disturbing stories that I, I saw um, in an article was um, she, you know, would overlook law enforcement officials' misconduct. Uh, one case that was highlighted was when uh, state prosecutor Robert Murray had falsified a confession and then was using it to uh, threaten the defendant with life in prison. And um, after the court threw out the indictment, her office appealed it, uh, dismissing the misconduct because it didn't involve physical violence. So that is super, super uh, disturbing to me. Um, you know, one of the things that people that worked in her office and um, like a, a person that worked in her office was saying how um, she had a lot of resistance to actual reform um, when she was trying to do certain things uh, to bring about change in, in the state's office. Um, and so she would act different in certain situations trying not to upset um like law enforcement or uh the rank and file uh because like when she had went up for election or re-election she had like barely won so she really looked to try to keep that power base intact um and so i think that's one of the the more one of the more uh issues I've had with her as a whole is that I look at her track record because again there is some good things that she she fought for um, as a prosecutor and some programs that she put in place that were were positive but then there was like as soon as there was like a positive thing then there was a um, one that kind of contradict that and I looked at her as now she's a lawyer and um you know, there are definitely lawyers out there that fight for justice and they believe in it. And uh, but then there's lawyers that just want to try to win and will do what they have to do, regardless of what side they're on. They're just trying to get the win. And um, I guess that's one of the things that troubles me the most about her is that does she really care about the issues? Like, I don't it's not that I don't think she cares about trying to really do some of the things that she did. But when she was in a position to really make significant change in that regard as a attorney general, it wasn't like she didn't do as much as I felt like she could have to make changes that she was speaking of. Um, you know, one of the things that people will say that defend her was like, you know, because uh, you can't cherry pick her record and just point to some of the, the bad things. You got to look at some of the, the positive things that she did as well. And, um, so it, it, it's, you know, she's a mixed bag in my opinion. Like that's the best way I could put it. So, um, I think you just have to kind of really, I look at her overall record to try to see how much of her policies were good, uh, as a prosecutor, as an attorney general, and even some of the stuff that she's done as a senator is not like she hasn't put her name um on massive legislation like um one of the things she did do she worked with Rand paul to put forth a, a bill that would um read like uh reform 
the bail system, um, which is an important issue where it's, um, you know, you have people that are stuck in jail just not because um, they're in there for a major crime, but just because they couldn't even pay their bail to get out. So um, she did put her name on that, but there isn't any massive legislation that she has her name on. Now, again, she's only been a senator since 2017, but um, so, you know, you could say cut her some slack in that regard. But that's my information I have on Kamala Harris. And um, I, you know, again, implore you guys to really research it and try to learn more about it. Um, not sure who I'm going to do next, but I can tell you for sure that on the next zero to 100, there will be another political spotlight. Um, again, there's 23 candidates. So I'm not going to say for sure right now, which one it's going to be, but there will be another candidate. So, um, once again, I thank you guys for listening. You can now hear the zero to 100 podcast on Apple, um, on uh, Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Play Store, it's on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud, it's on uh, Radio Public, uh, Breaker, uh, it's, so, yeah, Anchor, it is, we're doing, we're doing big things, and um, also make sure you check out my brother Ricky's podcast, F Living Rich and Dying Broke, um, Please check that out. It's very informative. And uh, I look forward to, to producing these more, more and more. Also, if you can hit me up on Twitter at WCW Poet. Uh, check out the blog, Zero, the number, uh, which is the number zero, T-O, the number 100.blogspot.com to uh, check out the Zero to 100 podcast as well. And uh, I'm also going to be writing more in my blog, getting some more stuff down there. I'm actually going to write something up on Kamala Harris to be a little bit more detailed with it. Um, So once again, thanks for listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. This is episode 12. And until next time, we out.